Hey everyone, it's the Monty Man, and you are about to take part in the experience, the strength, and the hope of this episode of the Take 12 Recovery Radio Show. Mama say That's right Brain needs an overhaul We're all the same When your heart is in pain Turn around, touch the ground You're burning down The expressed on this broadcast of the Take 12 Recovery Radio Show are those of the co-host and guest and do not necessarily reflect those of our affiliates. The topics and opinions on today's show should not be considered as medical, psychological, or professional advice. No, nope, nope, 12 nope, Radio nope. is not affiliated with any particular 12-step fellowship. Thank and now, here's your host, The Man, The Myth, The Legend, The Monty Man. No, I ain't gonna lie to you. I would not lie to you. I promise. Saved by grace is the name of the game. Turn around, hit the ground. Time to lay your burden down. Well, welcome to really the, the finest show on uh, on the internet and otherwise when it comes to recovery journalism. Yes, indeed. The Take 12 Recovery Radio Show, in our 16th year of broadcasting, uh, Recovery Talk and Positive Music, Marv R. is in the studio. Hey. Uh, wave, to, wave to the uh, listeners there, Marv. Hi, guys. How's yeah. it going? Good, good. And Dave Fleming is, is over there. Uh, What's up? Go Vikings. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what I hear. <laughs> Certified Alcohol and Drug Counselor Level 2, Mr. Dave Fleming, uh, the vid. And uh, today on the show, there she is for you guys who are watching on YouTube. <laughs> there is, uh, there's Margie. Margie W is with us today. She's kind of taking us for a test drive, see what she likes, and see if she likes to do this. And uh, she may be our newest co-host. Yeah. So hey, Margie. Hey. Hey. Hi. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome, Margie. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So uh, this is going to be a fun show, and uh, it's entitled "How It Works." is still how it works. Uh, contrary to popular belief, however, man, there is a lot of stuff. I, I'll tell you, everything from Matt, medi- medically-assisted uh, treatment, to Mar, medically-assisted recovery, uh, to controversy around the treatment for opiate addiction. Uh, the controversy <clears throat> is, is, is crazy. Um, from people that were once on the same side, it seemed like, um, to controversy around things like Vivitrol. Have you seen this stuff, Dave, lately about Vivitrol, about the problems they're having with it? You know what I'm talking about, the stuff they inject in your hip, and that way if you use opiates, you don't get high? I haven't seen anything recently. I've been... Yeah, yeah it's it's it, 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 what they're coming, uh, what they're finding out, uh, and a, a good friend of ours who who really is the main key player, uh, Ben Levinson for Origins Recovery Centers, um, which is one of the main ones that, that Dr. Phil McGraw uses. Um, and Ben has been on the show. In fact, he's been on our advisory board uh, before. Is that Vivitrol, this is, this is a, Marv, this is a medication that is injected in, uh, primarily in the hip area for people that are opiate uh, addicts. Okay. And if they use the opiates, nothing happens. There's no payoff. Okay. And, and the argument is that if there's no payoff, you, you're not going to use. My argument with that is that's not true. People sit in front of the one-armed bandit for hours and never have a payoff. Well, actually, there is a payoff, but it's not the one they're hoping for. 
there's a dopamine um, rush that happens every time the lights blink and all that kind of stuff. But people will do addictive behavior over and over and over and over and over again, even if there is no wanted payoff, because that's part of the nature of addiction. Um, however, what they're finding out with, with this Vivitrol stuff is that what it, what is happening um, is people that are using it to prevent themselves from using opiates. When they do use opiates, though, the overdose rate is a lot higher. They, they end up overdosing easier because of the Vivitrol that was in their system. So there's a lot of controversy around that. Um, so it comes back to, and it seems that it always does, back to the whole abstinence thing. How it works is still how it works. And, uh, you know, we, we know that uh, it was said early on in uh, organizations like Alcoholics Anonymous, for instance, that this was spiritual kindergarten, that this, you know, maybe someday, in fact, the book even says this, maybe someday they'll, they'll come up with a pill or something that'll solve this problem. But that hasn't happened yet, that kind of thing. Is this the yet that hasn't happened? I don't think so. I still think it's back to basics, to how it works. So, so in the next few weeks, we're going to be talking about how it works and still how it works. We're going to, today, we're going to look a little bit at the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. Next week, we're going to look at the basic text of Narcotics Anonymous in how it works, which is very similar with one big difference. Uh, and we'll discuss that next week. So... You'll get to get surprised stay about tuned. that. Yeah, stay tuned. You know um, what I find interesting, Monty? Yeah. You know, that whole – anytime there's a controversy about some kind of medication, right. you know, uh, uh, especially when it has to do with uh, addiction and recovery, you don't always hear all of the uh, facts. Like you don't? They'll, they'll tell you the about the Bibitrol mm-hmm. and the overdose, et cetera, et cetera, but they don't also talk about – the success are, rates. Well, there's that, but what are the other uh, factors that go into that? Is that person also drinking while right. they're while they're doing that? Because a lot of times, uh, you know, once you're you put one substance in your, your oh sure, you know, sure. your filters kind of get shut off, and you know, it's like oh, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get high. I'm not getting high, so I'm gonna keep doing it until I get high, and then boom, you're dead. Right, which very well maybe if they're if they're making a study and and that's all they're using is right. opiates right. or a history of opiates. That's yeah, you just don't know. Yeah. You, you know, you don't get the complete story a lot of a lot of times. Hi, Marv. Hi. How's it going? Really well. Good. I'm glad. <clears throat> all right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so welcome us. Welcome to uh, 2020, everybody. Hindsight is 2020. Okay. New Year's cheer. Clap your hands with New Year's cheer. It comes around just once a year. Uh, okay. <laughs> I don't know. I just couldn't help myself. Marv, what do you think? A little ditty there? Huh? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, so there's a little New Year's cheer for you. Um, but we got to do this as we always do every week. Bam! Stop right there, everybody, because it's time for the Monty Man's Weekly Wine. All you do is wine. All you do is wine. All you do is wine. Wine. That pretty much. <laughs> Whining is all you do. Yeah, so this is the part of the show where we whine about something we absolutely are powerless over and, and possibly at one time may have drank or used over. Um, there, There is, uh, I don't know if it's still, well, I don't even know if they meet there anymore, but the uh, the AA meeting at Sankey Park Hut in Sweet Home, Oregon, which is the old Girl Scout hut in the park up there, um, wasn't used by the Girl Scouts for years, but but by Alcoholics Anonymous and Narcotics Anonymous would share the building. There's a broken shoelace that they have pinned over the doorway going out of the building. And I, I remember asking my sponsor years ago, what in the heck is that about? And he, he, he said, well, that's one of those things we drink over. 
It's one of those things we use over is something as simple as a broken shoelace. So that's kind of what the weekly wine is. We don't have to use or drink over silly things like a broken shoelace. Um, but there are things that we're powerless <laughs> over. And so one of them, you know when you're pushing the shopping cart and the wheel, it's like there's a rock in there or something and it gets stuck? Yes. You know, that's enough to drive a person crazy. But, well, I was doing that uh, day before yesterday in our local Fred Myers, And as you guys know, I have no problem throwing people under the bus. So I, I'm going to do that uh, again this week. So th- this is this is just unbelievable. So I go into Fred Myers because I went to my local Bymark to buy an accessory for my garden hose, um, just a sprayer to put on the end because the one we had broke. And I use that to change 10% of my fish tank water every week, right? So I went in there. Uh, they didn't have anything. So I went over to, across the street to Fred Myers and I went to their, gar- their garden shop. And I bought one of these garden hose attachments. And the gentleman behind the register said, so this isn't the time of year for gardening. So you're not planting anything or watering anything, right? I go, oh, no. Uh-uh. He goes, so so what's up with the, the sprayer? I said, oh, I use it to help change the water in my fish tank. And this is what he told me. He said, I'm sorry, sir, but you're going to have to go over on the other side of the store towards the groceries where the pet department is and have them ring you up over there. I went, what? He goes, well, if your intention is to use this item for pets, we don't ring up pet supplies here. We only ring up garden supplies here. (laughs) Seriously? Yes. That's crazy. Unbelievable. So how much of the time, what percentage of your time does it have to be used for pets? (laughs) In order to qualify, I said, I, I said, right. And this guy behind me goes, just ring the man up. You know, I'm like, he says, I, I can't ring you up for, for pet supply. I go, okay. So I'm watering my yard. He says, but you already told me it was for 10% a week is used for the pets. Wow. 90% is used for the does it, lawn. But does it matter? I mean, it's still it's still the plants. same skew number on the thing, the same barcode. You're ringing it. Why does it matter what I'm using it for? I go to Fred Meyer's all the time, and I I buy all kinds of stuff at all kinds of registers, and they the, never said that. The thing that cracked me up is this guy's been there for years. I'm not going to say his name. I'd like to, but I'm not going <laughs> to. And I, I'm just I'm I'm just so finally I just. <laughs> I him hawed, and, and the other thing is, I'm partially handicapped. I can't walk that far, right? I got my cane, and I'm like, you got to be kidding me. You're going to make me walk. If you've got a wine that's bizarre like that. It wasn't please, about you, Monty. Please send it. It wasn't? It was probably him <laughs> having a bad day. <laughs> so I'm telling my wife this because. What business is it of his? What are you using it for? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, I was there, though. I was looking for a new gnome, and I couldn't find any. Oh. Yeah. All the ones they have, I already have. And Mars, like. <laughs> yeah, you know, you probably, if you would have went over to Pets. Right. With your, <laughs> with your gnome, they would have said, sorry, but you're going to have to go back to sorry. the garden. Yeah. To ring the gnome up. Go to the, go to the garden <laughs> shop. Uh, yeah. Okay, so basically what I got to say about that is this. But you know what? You can't make sense out of nonsense. That's right. You just can't. <laughs> you can't. Um, yeah, so we got we have a wine, so we got to do this That's too. That's right, Monty Man. There's always something to follow up a weekly wine with. Yes. And that is a weekly win. So go for it, dude. All right. Do it now. Do it now. Right now. <laughs> Hurry up, Monty. Do it now. All right. Cecil, there is a weekly win, and that is Margie. She is joining us today, putting her on the spot. She's going, oh, no. Uh, joining us today. It's really glad to have you here, and I'm, I'm really excited about this. So um, uh, we, have, we have been minus a voice of reason for a while, right? Right. So um, uh, welcome aboard uh, to the Take 12 Recovery Radio Show. And if you like us, come back next week, too. 
Well, thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here. Absolutely, absolutely. So, so Mar- Margie, tell us a little bit about yourself, really, really quickly. You, you live currently in Albany. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I live in a, a sober house with three soon to be four other women. Uh huh. Um, I am retired. Twelve uh, stepper. I'm a twelve stepper. Yep. I have a a meeting that I go to regularly. Uh huh. Um. Yeah, I'm just uh, shy of my first birthday. Oh, nice! Oh, <laughs> nice. see, see, we can celebrate on here on the air too. <laughs> yeah. So, so why the interest in Take Twelve Recovery Radio? Did somebody approach you, <laughs> Marv? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I heard about it from Marv, and I yeah. just started listening to it, and I just really uh, enjoyed the show, and it's. Uh, Taught me a lot. Yeah, good deal, good deal. Well, we're glad to have you aboard. Great, great. Yeah, so uh, we're gonna we're gonna have some fun today. Uh, so we're gonna take a break, and when we come back, uh, we're gonna play a little take twelve trivia, a little uh, a little big book trivia. Uh oh. Uh oh. Yeah, we'll we'll see how we do. So don't go away. We'll I'll be, be back. Right back. <laughs> You and I know all too well how talented folks in recovery are. KHLT Broadcasting, the Take 12 Recovery Radio Show, and the Recovery Broadcasting Network are handing you the opportunity to share some of that talent. If you've ever written your own songs and have always wanted to share them publicly, here's the chance to share your talent with thousands of people all over the world through Internet Radio. For the next several months, the Monty Man will be reviewing songs written and performed by people in recovery. Whether you're an accomplished musician or a novice, he wants to hear from you. All forms of music will be considered. Adhering to federal copyright laws and possible contractual agreements, some restrictions may apply. To submit your original recovery songs for airplay, send CDs to KHLT, P.O. Box 93, Albany, Oregon, 97321. Or email your music in MP3 format to Take12Radio at Comcast.net. Hey, check it out. The best in recovery talk and positive music radio is now available on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, YouTube, and Podomatic. Simply visit any of these platforms and search for Take 12 Recovery Radio. Listen and download hundreds of our shows for fun and for free. Also available at Take12Radio.com. Play trivia, 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 trivia. It's time. That's right. It's what's his name. <laughs> you know what's his name, the Monty Man. Zippity doodah, zippity day. It's time to play a little Take Twelve trivia, and uh, this is a little uh, big book AA trivia. There is uh, one, two, three, four. There's four questions and a bonus. Now, if you get all of these right, you win absolutely nothing whatsoever. <laughs> a lot of motivation just to win. Just bragging rights. That's just bragging <laughs> rights, right? All right. So um, question number one. What is the name of the – and just jump in there, okay? And if you get it wrong, you get the fluff machine. If you get it right, you get a cowbell. Uh, what is the name of the chapter that contains a list of the 12 steps? How it works. How it works? What do you say, Dave? Uh, how it works? What do you say, Marv? I'm going to go along with the other two. Oh, yeah, smart choice. All right, how it works is correct. <laughs> right, these get a little harder as you go along. Okay, number two. What is the name of the guy that came into Bill's kitchen and talked with him about a solution for alcoholism that he had found God? Ebby. Okay. Ebby, you know his last name? Uh, Do we uh, dare say his last name? Oh, uh, we're not affiliated, so yeah, go ahead. I, it, it's gone. It, 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 it escapes uh, you? Margie, what do you think? You put me on the spot. I know. I love it. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Take a I stab think it at is Ebby. Okay. I don't know his last name either. Dave? Yeah, I was just trying to think of the last name. I uh, can't 
Just All right, well, we'll give it to you. It is Ebby. It is Ebby Thatcher. Ebby Thatcher yeah. uh, is the name of um, Bill's old drinking buddy. All right, number three. Whose opinion is given in the beginning of the big book? Marv? The doctor's opinion. Margie? Silkworth. I agree with Marv. Dave? The doctor's opinion. Yes, yes, indeed. And that is Dr. William D. Silkworth, MD. Yes, yes, indeed. Okay, so bell there. All right, so let's see here. Um, oh, this will be fun. Uh, Dr. Bob was a real doctor, Bob Smith. Uh, what was the area of practice that he practiced in? What do you think, Marv? Um, I think it would be like internal medicine because he did a lot of, they okay. talk about surgeries. And right, right. I, I think. Want to take a stab at it, Margie? Sounds Marv sounds right. It sounds right. Okay, yeah. Dave, what do you think? That was my first thought too. Were you? Yeah. I yeah, I guess there's not too much more internal about other than proctology. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it is the study of diseases of the rectum, pelvic floor, and anus. Can we say that on the air? Sure we can. Too, too late. Yeah, yeah, okay. All right, here's your bonus here's your bonus question. Um what is the only chapter in the big book not written? I'm not talking about the stories now. I'm talking about the first hundred and sixty four. What is the only chapter not written by Bill W? Not written. Any guesses, Marv? Um to the wives. Margie? I agree. You gonna agree with that? What do you think there, Dave? Uh, sure, I'll go with that. I can't think of anything right now. Okay. So uh, you would all be incorrect. Oh, um, man. In fact, in fact, Lois was pretty, pretty steamed at Bill for, uh, for writing it. But he wrote Two Wives. Uh, it was actually uh, The Employers. The Employers. Uh, it was written by Hank Parkhurst. Uh, Hank was the first man, Bill W., and here, here's something. A lot of people think it was Bill W. Or I mean, it was yeah, Bill W. Doctor Bog and Bob, and then uh, Bill Dotson, um, the man on the bed in the in the famous picture. Um, but that's not actually the case. It isn't one two. I'll call it one two and three that way. Hank was the first man Bill W. was successful in sobering up after returning from his famous trip to Akron, where he met Doctor Bob. Thus, Hank was AA number two. In New York, prior to resuming drinking about four years later, his original day of sobriety was either October or November 1935. Hank was a salesman, an agnostic, and a former Standard Oil of New Jersey executive who had lost his job because of drinking. He wound up at Towns Hospital, where Bill found him in the fall of 1935. The first mention of Hank in the big book is in the doctor's opinion. He is believed to be the man Dr. Silkworth described who seemed to be a case a pathological mental deterioration. Hank later be, uh, became very paranoid, and Dr. Silkworth warned Bill he might become dangerous. And you can learn more about Hank at aabeyondbelief.org. I thought that was very interesting. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it was Hank wrote to employers. Trippy stuff. What <clears throat> Wasn't it in, um, uh, what's the name of that uh, book about Bill Wilson? Uh, did him and Hank have a falling out? Yes. Yeah. They did okay. have a falling out. Yeah. I yeah. See. Okay. Yeah, they did have a falling out. Um, and in fact, it talks about on, on that website, uh, which those of you who are AA history buffs would love it. It's aabeyondbelief.org. There's a whole story on that thing, yeah. uh, on what Hank, Hank was kind of a mess. Of course, Bill was kind of a mess too. <laughs> One mess and another mess. Well, what do you get? Alcoholics Anonymous. <laughs> 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 All right. Um, well, that does it for our trivia for this week. Good job, everybody. All right. Uh, to the topic. <laughs> little Ben-Hur there. Um, to the topic. How it works is still how it works. Now, the reason I brought this up is... <clears throat> 
is because, like I said in the beginning of the show, there there's a lot of a lot of talk about, um, you know, AA isn't for everybody. The twelve steps isn't for everybody. That's true. Um, abstinence based recovery is not really necessarily the answer. We have things. We have rational recovery today. We have smart recovery. Uh, we have all these different additives and twisted forms of the 12 steps. We have three-step programs, one-step programs, 16-step programs. I mean, on and on it goes. There's so many variations of a theme going on. Um, but I, I just, I, I guess I'm not a, I'm not a purist. I, I don't claim to be. I know one size doesn't fit all. I get that. I'm not interested in taking the big book and cramming it down somebody's throat. But I will have to tell you, the most successful formula for not just abstinence, but to continue to grow in a spiritual way when it comes to alcoholism is still the most successful is the directions laid out in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. They are without parallel. People have tried really hard to put their own spin on it, and sometimes that's very helpful. Um, but when in doubt, go back to basics. And so how it works it is still very much how it works. And I just want to touch on this now. I've heard, and you guys have probably all heard this too, you know, over the years people will say, well, I, I tried AA and it didn't work. Or I tried NA and it didn't work. Or I, I went to celebrate recovery and it just didn't work, right? And what I ask people like that is, well, tell me about what it was that didn't work. Well, you know, I got to step four and they they wanted me to write this inventory out and I just wasn't comfortable with that. So I just talked about it and it just didn't work. Okay, so when I hear something like that, I think, okay, you didn't apply the direction specifically how it was laid out. So it wasn't that it didn't work. It was that you didn't follow the directions and therefore the outcome wasn't what you thought it should be. Well, when you put it that way, or I really don't believe in God, so I wasn't going to turn my will and my life over to the care of God as I understood him to be nothing or everything. I just wasn't willing to go there. Okay, that's fine. You're free not to believe in God. But it wasn't that step three, I made a decision to turn my will and my life over the care of God as I understood him. It wasn't that step three doesn't work. It's that you weren't willing to apply and implement step three, right? Or you didn't understand it. Or, or you didn't understand it. Or perhaps, and this is something that happens a lot, perhaps you had a sponsor who didn't completely apply and implement the steps the way they were written at no fault of your own. Right, but it wasn't that they don't work. It's that you had you, you had a, a lack of understanding of how it works. Um, there are so many people in today's twelve step fellowships that never crack the basic text of that fellowship, and that's sad to me because the program of those fellowships is laid out laid out in uh, in, in the basic text. It's not laid out in drinking bad coffee and whining about your day. That's not where it's laid out. Although that's an important element. Fellowship is very, very important. Um, you, you know, it, it is vital that we hang out with people that are supportive, hang out with people that have the same malady and the same solution, but are they practicing teaching the solution? And so that's what brings this topic of it, it, how it works is still how it works. Let, let's let's rewind maybe because I'm seeing all these posts about all these amazing different philosophies, uh, and I'm thinking, okay, at whatever I guess whatever works, but does it? So in relationship to what's laid out in the Big Book of AA, Chapter Five, how it works, starts out with. Rarely have we seen a person fail who has thoroughly followed our path. The original manuscript didn't say path. It said directions. Who has thoroughly followed our directions. So rarely have you seen a person fail who has thoroughly followed our path. That's a mouthful right there. Right? Now, there's been some talk that Bill wanted to write, and he, and later, he later said this, um, 
Never have we seen a person fail who has thoroughly followed our path. Actually, Bill never said that. That's that's an old wives' tale. That never, that never happened. Uh, it's interesting how people will will do that with this literature. But just taking it literally here, rarely have we seen. Okay, so rarely means hardly ever, right? Hardly ever have we seen a person fail who's thoroughly followed our path or in the original manuscript, the directions. What is the path? What is the directions? It's the process of applying and implementing the program of the 12 steps. That's the path and that's the direction. So when somebody says, this failed me or it doesn't work, I really have to, to wonder, have they actually applied and implemented these in order the way they were written? Is this too old school? So I'm going to ask, I'm going to put Marvin in the spot for a minute. Is this too, are we too old fashioned to say, let's go back to the way it was laid out? Uh, uh, do we need to, to modernize things? Do we need to change things? Do we need to move on? Or do we need to go back to how it works? Marv, what do you think? Well, I there are several side paths I could go sure with this topic. But, yeah, um, I think uh, w- the way it's in there is the way it's supposed to be. Okay, because part of my belief, and not everybody has to believe this, that that big book was divinely written, divinely inspired. Yeah, or inspired. Yeah, tends to be my belief. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, it's interesting because there are some accounts that when 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 Bill decided I got to put this together in some sort of you know directional form, that his hand just started to move across the page, which would definitely have been a divine thing, you know. Um, Margie, what do you what do you think? I mean, you're coming up on a year, right? Yes. Okay, so. How important has how it works been for you? Very important. I, uh, I've i been in and out of 12-step uh, meetings for 25 years. And wow. Have, I've had various amounts of time of sobriety in the most uh, five years. But it's only um, recently that um, I have really applied uh, myself to this program and got a sponsor and I'm working the steps Mm -hmm. and I've never actually completed the steps. Uh, and I know that that was one of the reasons I, I failed in this program. Mm. And, um, one of the best things that I did was I, um, really turned my will and my life over to the care of God as I understand him. Yeah. And, uh, that's, I've, I've been in the bigger book as well. And that I agree with what Marv said about, Divine intervention there, and um, yes, it's it's very important um, how it works and the whole entire big book to me. Yeah, yeah. So I I, w- I was speaking to um, a friend of mine uh, a couple of weeks ago, and he said to me, he said, um, "What is it? How it works? What is what is it? What do you think it is, Dave?" Recovery? Yeah. 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 How does this whole thing work where you are becoming um, the person that God intended you to be? Um, And I'm going to use some real modern verbiage here amongst a lot of people that are coming up with other ways. Um, But but it is a valid, valid description. How are you getting back to becoming your authentic self? Your authentic self. Or for the first time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because some people started using out of the womb at no control or, right? They were addicted when they were born. Well, it's not even that. I mean, it's we're always, as we, you know, we're born and we grow up and we learn, we're always trying to figure out, like, who we are, where our place is in the world. And yeah. What our talents and gifts are and, you know, what's what's the what's our purpose, you know? What's sure. our why? Um, and so, you know, I know for myself, I've tried tons of different programs. You know, I've tried all the self-help. In fact, when I went to treatment one time, I brought my stack of self-help books and put them on my shelf. Right. And uh, my first assignment was that I had to 
not open one of those books and send them home. <laughs> and I thought, well, you know, I'll, I won't. You know, I'm not going to send them home. I'm just going to test myself yeah. by leaving them on the bookshelf, and you know, training myself to have some self control. And so I, I, that's what I did. But uh, yeah, I, I've. You know, like Margie said, I, I've been doing, the, I was doing the uh, deal or trying to figure this out for 20, 25 years and tried every way. And I finally got to the point where it's like, okay, uh, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to follow these, this, uh, uh, this path or this direction mm-hmm. uh, to the best of my ability. Mm-hmm. You know, I even made a pact and I've shared this before. I was like, I'm going to do this for an entire year. To the best of my ability, and if my life doesn't change, I can always go back to doing what I was doing or go try something else. And um, I found out pretty quickly that my life, my life changed. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've, yeah, I've tried to figure out, I mean, it's one of the, I've heard, you know, we've heard these, you know, these sayings, you know, it's, uh, 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 it's uh, an easy program for complicated people we sure. just we just screw it up because we're trying to figure we're trying to analyze it like we can we have a better way we can figure this out it's you know this has got to be easier you know there people poo poo uh that guy that's you know that it has this uh the, the the recovery cure you know oh the guy down in the san diego yeah area? and yeah and basically you know people don't even didn't even read the book they just poo pooed it but i actually got i have the book and i read it it's basically the same thing. It's just written differently. Sure. You know, it's basically looking at the underlying causes, addressing them, and, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's just coming at it from a different perspective. Just like, you know, I don't want to get into religion, but different denominations or religions, they basically are all the same thing. They just have a different approach to... Yeah, they they may have different deities and so right. forth, but, but a lot of their paths to that deity if you will is extreme is very similar i mean mean, because i i was i was looking at some stuff from a specific treatment center up north that is primarily native uh, gears itself to native american way recovery like the red way marv um but when you looked at it what you saw was this you really did. It didn't have the numbers one through twelve. It was like A, B, C, D, like that. But it was this, right. you know. And in fact, if if you if you look at at, at this and in biblical principles, what you have here is biblical principles. Exactly. They're biblical principles. <clears throat> there is a scripture verse that backs up every one of these steps. You can look at my, you can Google the twelve steps in related scripture. Now, Bill didn't read the scripture and write the step, read the scripture and write the step. Um, but there is a scripture verse that'll back up every one of these. Um and, and so, yeah. Back to the title of the show. How it works is still how it works. Whether it's spelled out exactly like this or not, what you're gonna find is, is this is gonna be at the root of the majority of your successful recovery outlines. And uh, so let, let's read on here. The next sentence says, those who do not recover, right? Here's where we see the word recover again. Um, last week I talked about, and there is a solution, I talked about uh, the battle that has been going on since the dawn of time. Recover, recovering, recovered, you know, we spent a lot, we waste a lot of time arguing semantics, you know what I mean? Um, but the big book, you, you don't have to agree with it, but it does say what it says. And over and over and over and over again, it says recovered. It says we recover. It says the alcohol problem has been removed. Um, so whatever you want to do to dance around that, that's what it says. But, but it says those who do not recover, and it says who they are, are people who cannot or will not completely give themselves to this simple program. So here he says it again. Bill W. is very good at repeating himself. Because he understands we learn by repetition, but he's got to say it in a different way. Otherwise, we stop listening. Those are people still in spiritual kindergarten. Yeah, absolutely. So completely, who will not completely give themselves. In other words, rarely have we seen a person fail who has thoroughly followed our path. Same thing. He's saying the same thing. Um, So the people that don't, though, 
are people that won't completely give themselves to this simple program, usually men and women who are constitutionally incapable of being honest with themselves. There are people that just won't get honest. In fact, they've been lying to themselves for so long, they have become incapable of getting honest. And I believe this is where Bruce Bruce H. used to talk about, unless God does something in the heart of a man, he's not going to change. So this is this requires an act of God. Um, it says there are, there are such unfortunates. They are not at fault. They seem to have born that way. Now he's kind of shifting the gears here. There may be some people that are born with the in, inability to actually get gut level honest. It may be genetic. It may be a brain thing. Um, they are naturally incapable of grasping and developing a manner of living which demands rigorous honesty. Their chances are less than average. So that's one set. Then there's another set. There are those two, that means to in addition to, who suffer from grave emotional and mental disorders. These are the mentally, uh, can I say handicapped anymore? I don't know if you can even say that. Uh, mentally challenged, mentally, whatever. Um, in this book, it says disorders. I know that's a no-no word today. Don't say disorder. Uh, but that's what the book says. But then it says, even those folks, right, but many of them do recover if they have the capacity to be honest. So it sounds like for the person who does have the mental awareness and the capacity to be honest, who will completely surrender to these directions, they recover. They recover. And there it is, right? Do you want to stay in a state of being ill or do you want to recover from the illness? So let's talk about recover versus recovering just for fun, Marv. (laughs) (laughs) What's your take on that? Well, the first thing, and I'm not sure it really has anything to do with um, uh, reading, but who decides Mm. who recovered and who hasn't recovered? Because the question mark in my head is Bill Bill wrote this. Right. And if you really look at it, how much time did they have of sobriety? Not a lot. And were they recovered? You know, and I'm I'm just being a yeah. a- advocate here. I mean, I'm just planting seeds. Sure. But, sure. And then uh the At least other, by today's definition. Um the other thing is, um, along with that, is I'm a, a firm believer that not everybody is going to recover the way and the direction sure. that that book says. Mm-hmm. So we have people in AA meetings who I'll call big book Nazis. Mm-hmm. Right who start slamming that thing down people's throats. They're worse than the thumpers, even. And it's not that what they're saying is untrue, but not everybody experiences this program the way they do. Right. But bottom line, the big book is the answer to recovering from alcoholism. What do you think, Margie? Do you think we re- do you think we recover, or are we constantly in recovery? Well, for me myself, anyway, um, I feel like I'm constantly in recovery. I've been fighting this battle for thirty years, and I know I'll probably fight it the rest of my life. And um, I do know that in uh, how it works, where it says that half measures of eldest nothing that. Mm-hmm. Personally, I can look back now and see that I uh, was practicing half measures, and that's why I, uh, in my opinion, I continued to relapse. And um, I just, I I believe that I just uh, wasn't willing to admit that my life was unmanageable. Yeah. I mean, I got the whole powerless thing down. I knew I was powerless over alcohol, but I thought my life was manageable because I you know, had my job to go back to and um, had a house and had a family and, you know, things were okay. And 
but it wasn't. I, I see now that it was definitely not, and it continues to be unmanageable. And, um, but it, it's in the last year of my life has changed dramatically so much for the better, uh, because of AA and because of my, um, higher power. God. Sure. Sure. Yeah. So I would venture to say that it's possible that you might recover now that you are applying and implementing these things the way it's written. Yes, I think that is possible. Yeah, yeah. But but we'll we'll, we'll delve in this a little bit more. Dave, what do you think? I, I know this is one of your bugaboos. You like this. <laughs> this is one of my favorite topics. Yeah. I, I think it's, uh, you know, there's, you know, like you talked about spiritual kindergarten, it's kind of like when you first get in, Get into the into recovery, you know. You start going to, you know, going to meetings or you know whatever your choice is. Um, I think we have to recognize where we're at and um, with our, you know, alcoholism or drug addiction, and we have to admit to that. So I think there's a there's a a place, and this is my personal uh, view on it, uh, where I you know you introduce yourself or you call yourself an addict or an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. As time goes by and as you're, you know, you change and you grow and you get more mature, um, I think you, you have to look at that differently. And uh, my pastor's wife um, kind of made me look at this about, I don't know, it was probably three years into my recovery. Right. And she asked me that question, like, why do you still call yourself an alcoholic and an addict? And I, <clears throat> you know, I, I said, tell me more about that because... It was like, I want to hear what you got to say. I don't want to like jump to the conclusion like I think I know. And she's like, well, you're not the same person. You're not doing the same behaviors. You're, you know, you've been, you had a spiritual awakening. Mm-hmm. You've been baptized. You're, I mean, everything has changed. Well, so why do you still call yourself an alcoholic? And it made me think about back towards when, you know, because I am always, you know, I'm a science guy, and I was trying to analyze things, or at least I, I did more strictly before. Yeah. And I had to look at that because from what I was taught is, like, certain things are negative reinforcements. And calling myself something that's negative, and to me, calling myself an alcoholic an addict is a negative reinforcement. So that just made me look at, like, okay, where am I at my recovery, you know, and and then from that point on, I just basically introduced myself as a, as a person in recovery. Mm-hmm. Every once in a while, I'll say I'm recovered if I'm, you know, kind of feeling my oats and sure. stir up trouble. Because I know it, people kind of get all weird when you say that. But I look at it this way. It's like with any other disease, like if you, you know, if you're in that vein um, where you look at it as a disease, which I, I believe that at some point. In your usage, it changes over to that. Um, it's like any other disease. It's like if you have cancer and cancer goes away, are you going to tell everybody you still have cancer? No, you're going to say you've recovered or you're in remission. Right. Yeah. So it's the same. It's the same concept, or, or like you know the the old uh, Twinkie analogy. Remember the Twinkie analogy? Right. Right. It's like you go to the doctor. The doctor says, "Hey, you know, Monty, you've been eating these Twinkies, and and now you have cancer." Stop eating the Twinkies and your cancer will go away. So you stop eating the Twinkies, your cancer goes away. Do you still go around telling everybody you have can- cancer? When you go to your support groups, do you say, oh, I'm Monty and I have cancer? No, you're going to say you're in recovery or you're in remission. And it's the same thing. But you know if you go back to eating those Twinkies again, your cancer is going to come back and you yeah, you're could still possibly allergic. die. You're still allergic to right. Twinkies, but... You've recovered from the damage the Twinkies did. Right. It's like walking across the street without looking first and get hit by a bus. We're going to learn from that mistake. You're not going to do that again. Yeah. 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 That's just my kind of personal. Yeah. And I, I like to look at the, uh, you know, the hope aspect of it. Sure. So I, I have a little little different take on it, but but I also agree with that. I don't look at, at alcoholism um, – as a negative, I look at it as a positive, um, because and I'm referring now. I got I'm going to sway away from the big book for a minute and go go to a biblical statement by the Apostle Paul, um, who talks about in my weakness then I am strong. Therefore, I will boast of my weaknesses for the case of, for the cause or case of Christ. 
So I look at when I say I'm an alcoholic, I look at that as boasting in my weakness and therefore I gain strength from that, just like Paul was talking about. So I look at it as a positive, but it comes down to what do you perceive it as? If you perceive it as a negative, then you're right. It's going to affect you, your, your psyche in a negative way. If you, if you view it as a positive, like, like I am, it affects me in a positive way. Well, and just to interject here real <laughs> mm-hmm. quick, it's like, I, I agree with that too. But the way that I look at it is like uh, before I used to do the woulda, coulda, shoulda. Yeah. And now it's like I embrace my life, my past, my, you know, my former addiction because it's made me the person that I am today. Yeah. You don't regret so the in past. That, or, yeah. yeah. In that, <clears throat> you know, looking sure. back on that in sure. the weakness, there's my strength because now I draw from that. Yeah. As my strength. And, and, and so I'm still I'm still allergic to booze. Right, And in that, somebody asked me the same thing. Somebody, a well-meaning believer in Christ, asked me about this. And I said, the way I perceive it, it's simply a medical term for me. I'm allergic to booze. Break out in the handcuffs. That's all it is. Um, It does not define who I am anymore. And so I've recovered from the damage it created. You know, am I in recovery from my sin nature? Absolutely. I I will be dealing with that, you know, until the good Lord comes back. Um, But there is something to be said uh, uh, about um, following directions, coming to a point, and having hope. Because when I read the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, I see the stories of hundreds of men and women who have recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. That's good news to me. So when I when I go to attend an AA, I mean an NA meeting, for instance, I've attended some NA meetings where people jokingly will say, sick, 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 and they'll all laugh. That's not funny. I, I, I'm sorry, but I'm not sick, sick, sick anymore. I have character defects, but I'm not this sick individual that, is this lowly of heart, this I, I've right, risen above that through the power of loving God and the application and implementation of how it works. Um, if, if you go on in here, it says, um, our stories disclosed in a general way. What stories? The stories on the back of the book is what it's talking about. Um, what we used to, now here, he's saying the same thing again. What we used to be like, what happened, and what we're like now. So he's talking about once as hopeless as Bill is what we used to be like. What happened was how it works, and what we're like now is we've recovered. Um, if you have decided, so this is conditional. If says if you haven't, this isn't going to work, and that's okay. No judgment here. It's just, but if you have decided that you want what we have and are willing to go to any lengths to get it. What are those lengths? Those any lengths don't mean that your sponsor has got to mow your lawn and wash your car and all that kind of stuff. It means that you do this program that's laid out. If you're willing to go to any lengths to get it, then you're ready to take certain steps or follow certain directions, the original manuscript said. Um, that's how it works, guys. Uh, it, it's pretty simple. Um, later on, and 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 Margie, you you referred to this. It, later on, it says half measure to avail is nothing. So he's warning us: if you cherry pick these steps and you just do the ones you're comfortable with, it's not going to work. <laughs> it's just not going to work. Um, and then he says we stood at the turning point. We asked his protection and care with complete abandon. Uh, before that, and I skipped over this, and I shouldn't have. It says, remember that we deal with alcohol, cunning, baffling, powerful. Without help, it's too much for us. Then it says, so where do we get our help? Then it tells us. It says, without help, it's too much. And he's not talking about human aid. Okay? It says, but there is one, capital O, who has all power. That one is God. May you find him now. So the help he's referring to at the very beginning before we even crack step one is that we need God. Right at the very beginning. Before I even get to step three. Right? Uh, and then it talks about here Here are the steps or the directions we took, which are a suggested uh, 
are suggested as a program recovery. Again, these are suggested as a program of a recovery. It's a suggested program, not a program of suggestions. It's the whole deal. You either do it all or you don't do it. How you apply and implement that can be as varied as personalities are in meetings. Right, Marv? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, I hear different people talk about how they admit they're powerless over alcohol or narcotics or whatever, and it varies. I hear people, it says, came to believe. People vary in the way they came to believe, right? Yes. It may not be exactly like it happened with Ebby Thatcher. Ebby Thatcher... You know, he experienced this conversion experience. So did Bill with the God of Christian, uh, uh, Dale Christi- uh, Christianity. A- and so that may not be how you come to believe in a power greater than yourself. A lot of people, and I don't agree with this for the long run, but a lot of people consider the group a power greater than themselves. In the beginning, yes. But people are going to come to believe in the group in their own way as well. Um, I, I don't think that's a lasting thing. I think that's something that in the beginning it's okay as long as you're not depending on you, that kind of thing. Um, and then made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we continue to understand him is basically what it's saying. Um, not as we understood him to be he, she, it, they, or whatever. <clears throat> Doorknob. Yeah. But that's how it works. And uh, so Margie, let, let me ask you. You've been listening to this show for a while. Yes. Um, what what is kind of the running theme for us when it comes to Take Twelve Radio? I mean, I mean, we hammer a lot on the fact that God is the solution, right? Yes. Um, what 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 have you been getting getting out of these shows over the last several weeks? Hmm. Not to put you on the spot, but to put you on the spot. <laughs> well. That God is the solution, and that um, God and um, the big book, the big book and the bigger book, are intertwined, in my opinion. Yeah. And uh, that um, that we really do need to practice the principles of uh, the program, which are, you know, basically in. in in my opinion, mm-hmm. also uh, principles uh, in the bigger book. Biblical principles, yeah. In all our affairs, uh, pretty much. Yeah. And I think that's really key, right, in all our affairs. Yeah. Because if we can apply and implement these these principles, and when it refers to principles in the big book, it's talking about the steps, which are biblical concepts, right? Yeah. When we apply them in all our affairs, then we don't just stay sober at the meeting, Exactly. Right? We stay clean and sober no matter where we go and, and, right. and what we're doing. Um, well, that actually, we're out of time. So that wraps it up for this. That went quick, didn't it, Marv? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Last thoughts, Marv. Well, I just, I think part of my deal is <clears throat> for people to realize about this big book. I've been around for a little little while. And when I read that, it's never always the same because my experience in my day-to-day walk, my Mm. life, will change just enough to cause me to ponder and and to really – in other words, the philosophy of the big book is never-ending. It it don't come to a a stop. Ain't that the truth? It's a lifelong thing. Yeah, for, for me, anyway, and um, you know they say if you can put your philosophy in a nutshell, you probably ought to leave it there. You know, <laughs> and that's one thing the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous don't do for me. Right. My experience has been that I can continue to grow, and it may not look like it to anybody else, but right, it's happening. It's more than just maintenance. It's it's continuing to grow. <clears throat> Yeah, yeah, uh, uh, on a regular basis. You bet. Absolutely. Uh, closing thoughts from Dave. 
yeah, I agree with, I agree with Marv, and I think, uh, you know, I hear uh, probably more than I like to hear that people, basically, they, they say they, you know, work, they do the steps, right? right? Like, you do it 1 through 12, and then you're done. Uh, they stop applying them. They stop working the steps, right? Yeah. Um, I think there's a point where you work the steps, right? That, form, that first formal do working. Do the first formal working yeah. steps, and then the rest is uh, you're practicing, right? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. I mean, like Mara said, like if I go to a meeting or if I read something for the 900th time, I'm going to get something out of it, or I'm going to hear a different perspective from somebody else in a meeting sure. about step one or you know whatever the step might be. Um, and in that, then I learn something new and I'm growing. It's like any other, any other thing that you do in life that you're good at or that you want to do well, you got to keep practicing it. It isn't like yeah. you're one and done. Like I go and, uh, you know, I go out and I play football one day and now I'm a professional football player and then I don't ever practice again. It's just, this isn't the way it works. Yeah, you bet. And, and, and may I just interject here mm-hmm. too, for those people of faith. If you're looking to just get out of uh, something out of people that believe exactly the way you do, you're going to miss a lot. Because I've learned more from people that are not on the same page with me spiritually than people that are. Right. I really, really have. Well, um, I, always, I always go back to thinking about, like, what did Jesus do, right? Yeah. Who, who did he hang out with? Yeah, some people didn't even know who he was. Yeah. He healed people that didn't even know who he was. Who healed you? I don't know. That that guy from Galilee, I don't even know what his name was. Yeah, yeah you bet. Closing thoughts there, Margie? Um, thanks for having me on your show. Enjoyed it. And um I I agree with both Marv and Dave. Um just I just try personally to apply um all the principles and every day and all aspects of my life and yeah. Um, just do the best I can. Yeah. Amen. So you're going to come back next week? Sure. All right. <laughs> no, it's, it's official because we have it recorded. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it'll be out there in cyberspace forever. They say once it's out there, it you can never get it back. So there you go. All right. Our closing song this week is by our friend Conley White, uh, recovery recording artist. And uh, it, it really reflects... Um, very much the fellowship, the fellowship of our 12-step uh, meetings and gatherings and so forth. It's entitled, We're Glad You're Here. Here's Mr. Conley White. In the basement of the church around the corner Quietly I found myself a seat And held on to my little cup of coffee Early admitting my defeat They talked about some steps and some traditions And some promises I didn't understand Feeling out of place, I walked toward the back door Then I heard the gentle voice of some old man We're glad you're here, cause we've been there And it's hard to find someone who understands enough to care Put down your pain, cast out your fears We've all been there And we're glad you're here I walked back in and sat right down beside him Listened as someone poured out her heart Thought about my past and my condition All the years of living in the dark She talked about her fears and her confusion I listened as the tears rolled down her face 
I realized I felt what she was feeling When she finished I heard someone say We're glad you're here Cause we've been there And it's hard to find someone who understands Enough to care put down your pain Cast out your fears We've all been Glad you're here. We've all been there, and we're glad you're here. We're glad you're here. Cause we've been Although Mr. Conley White, our good friend, has passed on to be with the Lord, his music is still alive and well. You can download his entire CD, his recovery CD, entitled Learning to Live Again, by going to ReverbNation.com and typing in Conley White. Until our next broadcast, this is the Monty Man along with the Take 12 Recovery Radio family. And we are wishing God's perfect serenity for you. Bye-bye now. This has been a broadcast of KHLT Recovery Broadcasting. Because she's a super cat, super cat, she's super kitty, meow.